Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. On your mobile and on FM. From the home of time. This is Maritime Radio Greenwich. Good evening to you, a very good evening to you and welcome to Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. This is the Big Match Preview. My name is Louis Mendes. Joining me in the studio here at the Valley is Nathan Muller. How are you doing, Nath? Living the dream, mate. You always live the dream, don't you? Have you ever lived anything other but the dream? Uh, when I had this, I've had this man through for about three weeks, mate. I can't <laughs> fight it, so I'm still yeah. trying to power yeah. through. But Trying to fight your way through back to the dream, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. Mate, men do suffer from it more, I tell well, you. Yeah, that's a, well, uh, that's a little debate that could be going. Yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> a, a debate for a, probably a more medically-leaning uh, podcast than... <laughs> In Charlton Live. <laughs> Although with our injury problems, sometimes it can be mistaken for the, for a medically leaning podcast here on Charlton Live. Right, obviously we've got a packed show for you tonight on the slowest news week in Charlton history, I think in the last three years probably, but we are we have got a few things to talk about. We're going to talk about the, uh, the walk for the upbeats, which is coming up soon, because a couple of Charlton Live team members have, uh, have signed up for that. We're going to hear from Card, Alan Davis of Card spoke to me about 45 minutes ago, talking about the unity protest that's going to be going on in Belgium next month between... Uh, Card and the uh, Women Against the Regime, and of course the Belgian Twenty. Uh, talk about something Tony Watts said. Talk about something weird that Terry said on Sunday show that we only sort of just noticed in the edit after. Uh, we're going to hear from uh, Jake Forster, Carskin, Nathan Byrne as they went to a local school uh, this week. If we get time, we might even mention the fact that the FA have uh, just had a vote of no confidence from from MPs. Although that's that's the pot calling the kettle black in <laughs> in, uh, in one way. Uh, and of course, we're going to hear from Carl Robinson as we look ahead to Saturday's uh, London derby with. AFC Wimbledon. We'll, we'll get a few other things in as well. We've got an email in, a couple of emails in from into the inbox that we're going to mention. Uh, if you want to have your say on tonight's show, you can email us, studio at charltonlive.co.uk. You can tweet us uh, at charltonlive. Get your, get your views in. If there's anything you want to talk about, well, um, let us know. And uh, Marion's already done that. She says she's listening to Charlton Live. So I hope you enjoy the show, Marion. Uh, it's good to have you here. I'm glad you remembered, because she doesn't always remember on a Thursday. But she has. Right, so first things first, Nathan, you've... Uh, you, you've signed up. Uh, Terry's signed up, even with his back. <laughs> Mate, it's going to be the walking wounded. I need. I'll need. I need a new. Need a new knee anyway. Yeah. Walking up blooming escalators. Let alone <laughs> what is it? Nine miles or so. Nine miles or so from uh, from the training ground to the valley. This is, of course, the walk for the upbeat. It's always a. Uh, an absolute standout day on on the calendar of uh, of, of Charlton season. This is the walk for the upbeats. It's going to happen on Saturday, April the eighth, which is I think before the Southend South game. Southend game, South yeah. game, yeah. So of course uh, you can uh, sign up to su- support the Charlton Upbeats, which is uh, run by the Charlton Athletic Community Trust. Uh, it's, a, it's a football team for, of course, uh, fans with special needs, and they. Uh, uh, the, the guys and girls from the Upbeats will, will take part in the walk and uh, you've signed up for it Nathan I'm sure it's going to be a, a wonderful occasion as it always is every year yeah yeah me and Tell me and Tell are doing it and I think we start at 9am from uh, the training ground Sparrows Lane um, and I think we go through um, the likes you know Eltham 
Woolwich and Greenwich, I think I could be wrong, but um, nine miles. It doesn't sound that much, but then when you when you actually think about it, considering that I don't actually can't remember last time I walked nine miles accumulatively, let alone some sort of pub crawl, I imagine. Oh yeah, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> I've never done one of them. I don't know what you talk about. Like, but, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, it'll be it'll be good. It's a good day, and um, obviously, I think Killer's going to be there and Flanagan. And yeah, there'll be a few more. That, that's the, that's the standout for me because I, I saw that the the release the other day that that both um, you know uh, Derek Killer Hales and Mike was it Flash Flanagan. Did they call yeah. this before my time? But um, the fact they're walking together now this 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 set a, a few alarm bells ring for me because they're the two that had the fight. Yeah. They had a punch-up against Maidstone in the in the FA Cup in like the, the late 70s, early 80s, around that sort of time, I think, and and got sent off for fighting with, with each other. So are you going to be there sort of holding them back from each other? I don't know. I don't know if that's uh, what my main role will be. Um, <laughs> hopefully not. But, uh, yeah, no, I think, obviously, they've buried the hatchet years ago. But, um, yeah, no, I think we look, I was texting Terry yesterday. I'm really looking forward to it, actually, because um, I think they're playing as well at the end. I think yeah. they're, they're playing Brighton, are they, or, or something? Uh, or, I don't know. I mean, I remember last year it was against... It was before the Derby game, and I watched, yeah. I watched them play Derby. And then they they dealt with them like dealt about them, yeah. ten nine one yeah. something like that. It was an absolute slaughtering. Mm. It was a really good performance from the Charlton upbeats, as you'd expect, really, because uh, they're they're actually pretty good. <laughs> they're, they're, they're 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 really good at, at what they do. Um, yeah, so, so so Derek Hales is going. He's now you know obviously the, the the part of going on this walk is to be part of the Charlton community, part of of celebrating the Charlton upbeats and helping to raise money for them as well. Mm. But you know, I've I've never met Derek Killer Hales, and he was way before my time playing wise. But he's an absolute legend, and the same and the same for Mike Flanagan. Like it says here, Derek Hales scored uh, 168 goals. He's Charlton's all-time record goal scorer. Mike Flanagan himself got 120 goals for the Addicts. So um, you know, these, these are two absolute legends. You get a chance to meet and and to I dare say hear some stories. Now I'm definitely going to make sure that Terry taps him up with a microphone on the way around, so we can yeah. have some some good stuff for, uh, for for Charlton Live that that weekend. But yeah. you know, the chance to meet those two will be will pretty pretty. Exciting. Yeah, I think for the younger lot, I you know I consider myself one of the younger lot. Lou, you know you just, what I mean. You just past your thirtieth birthday, <laughs> and I think I think I can disqualify you from that, from that age. <laughs> but I, think, I mean, if we try and make it in a relationship, I don't know really. But I mean. As when we were sort of growing up, we were sort of had the Mendonca era, didn't we? And we had yeah. Darren Bent. So it's well, probably a, maybe not as you know. I think those two were a bit more prolific than obviously uh, Benty and uh, Mendonca. But it's the same sort of. I do, I suppose, somebody you know bangs in goals week in week out. So it's going to be nice to see him meet him. Of course, it is because I've I've never met him either. So, um, and I think there might be other. I don't know. I believe Burnaby there again because he done it last year, didn't he? Yeah, Burn. Paul Mortimer done it last uh, year. So, I mean, it says there's going to there's going to be a host of other Charlton legends as yet unnamed. But I'm sure as soon as you get on the walk, you'll see him. Well, Terry Smith's one I know. Yeah, oh yeah, so, clearly. Yeah. yeah, I mean, uh, he's certainly <laughs> in the age bracket for a, for a legend. Digging oh, oh, a hole here, Luke. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, the. As a thank you for the incredible support given to the Upbeats over the last few years, now registration is going to be free. I think the last couple of years you've had to pay, mm. uh, but this year it's going to be free. So all you'd have to do is sign up. You get to the training ground at 9am, uh, you get breakfast, that sort of thing, a t-shirt, and then you trek through Eltham, go, go through Eltham, Shooters Hill, Greenwich, <coughs> and then through Charlton to the Valley, and then it's uh, nine miles, and, and uh, walkers will receive a complimentary hot meal in crossbars. Well, that's not too bad. Mm. So, I mean, yeah, if there's anyone else who signs up, let us know. It'd be nice to... Especially people who obviously contribute to a show and that nice to put faces to names uh, mm. or whatever it is. Faces to names. Names to faces. Names you know to faces, I mean. yeah. But yeah, so it'll be good. So uh, yeah, really looking forward to it. I'm not not looking forward to the day after. I don't think Terry is either, <laughs> but I, I've, I've just ordered a new knee from abroad, just in case. 
Yeah, it was uh, thirty-seven thousand pounds they they, mm. they raised last year. I'll tweet uh, out the link in yeah. just. I'll, I'll tweet out now actually just yeah. the link of the fundraising page. Yeah, yeah, I mean that's an incredible. I mean if you want to sign up to it, you can go to CACT, which is the Charlton Athletic Community Trust, CACT.org.uk, uh, or if you go via that website, and you don't want to sign up to the wall, but you want to donate, you can go to their Just Giving page. Uh, and like Nathan said, there he's gonna he's gonna sign up. Uh, he's he's gonna tweet out the link as well. So if you want to donate to the the Charlton Upbeats. Uh, make sure you do so. Uh, right, okay. So that's uh, the Charlton Upbeat. Certainly something to uh, to look forward to. Uh, uh, if you want to sign up for that March, right? Um, something else that you can sign up for next month, the fourth of March, uh, the Unity Protest, which is going on out in Belgium the same day. The Alex are playing up at Northampton. Uh, Card the Coalition Against Roland du Châtelet, uh, the Belgium Twenty, and War the Women Against the Regime have uh, have signed up for their own thing. They're, they're doing a Unity March out in Belgium, uh, a protest march out in Belgium, Cardiff and, and the guys have uh, organised transport out there, there's uh, all sorts of different things going on, they're going to take uh, their, their protests out to Belgium to, to protest at St Truden, uh, I think there's a game that day as well, so they're all going to march down towards the stadium. Uh, right, so because obviously I don't, I don't know anything about it, I wanted to find out a bit more about it, I spoke to Alan Davis from Cardiff, we've had him on the show before, but I just spoke to him about <coughs> 45 minutes before the show started, just to find out uh, exactly what the day is going to be all about, uh, how you can sign up, that sort of thing, If uh, and obviously in the interest of balance, I have to ask, you know, would you say to the fans who think that, you know, we're on a bit of an unbeaten run now, we've got a new manager, would, would you say to the fans who think you shouldn't protest? So I've asked him that as well. Uh, so let's hear what Alan Davis had to say, uh, looking ahead to next month's Unity March out in Belgium. Right, joining us on the, on the phone here on Charlton Live this evening, we've got Alan Davis from Card Allen. Uh, good evening, good to have you on the, on the show again, long time no speak. Excellent stuff. Right, we're, uh, we're talking today about the uh, Unity protest march that's being planned uh, over in Belgium on the 4th of March. Um, we, we, we had the, the press release last week from Card and, and we spoke about it then. But I thought it would be interesting to hear uh, from the horse's mouth, perhaps, to, to find out exactly what, what your plans are for, 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 for next month and uh, exactly why you've, uh, you've decided to, to try and take as many Charlton fans as possible out to Belgium. Sure. Well, there's quite a few things there to pick through. Let's talk about the reason why, first of all. Uh, as has been very apparent since uh, the Sheffield United game uh, that followed swiftly on the hills of the taxi for Roland thing in Belgium, uh, we've been a bit quiet. Um, and we've made the point, I think, uh, when people have inquired that uh, you know this is a long campaign, and in a long campaign there's times when you attack and there's sometimes when you just take stock and watch and listen and see what's going on. And that's where we've been, really. But what's very clear is that there is a degree of positivity about Paul Robinson, uh, mixed views, but a degree of positivity about him, um, a desire to try and get behind the team as much as we can uh, in their pursuit of a playoff place, at least. Uh, and we wanted to respect that and also see how the uh, transfer window panned out. But um, whilst things put the valley maybe quieter, we felt that there was a sufficient groundswell of uh, interest in and support for protests in Belgium. So uh, in conjunction with the Belgian 20 group and also the new Women Against the Regime group, uh, we've, we've put together a joint plan, a joint operation in Belgium called the Unity Process, Protest, which actually takes the fire over to Roland's backyard again. Of course, you've, you've been out there before, like I so say, you went on the uh, the taxi for Roland trip there, the Belgium 20 have been out nu on numerous occasions. You obviously feel that this is the way forward now. Well, I think it's a major feature that it, it seems to rattle Du Châtelet. Um, it's interesting that when he has come out with his quite um, 
combustible statements on occasions it's generally been in response to some kind of stimulus and that stimulus has often been action in Belgium so we know it gets to him and that's what we want to do um, and it's also newsworthy um, he is uh, careful about his reputation in Belgium he, he guards it jealously um, and he doesn't like when the Belgian media um, start picking over why these people from uh, the UK are coming over and making a fuss it's a long way to go and it costs money and it takes time to organise. There must be something behind it. Um, we certainly had a huge amount of coverage in the Belgian media about the stuff that we did uh, with Taxi for Roland and also that the Belgian 20 lads did on, on Roland's birthday. And um, we think that we can uh, prompt quite a bit more in uh, the unity protest on the 4th of March. Mm. So what is the, the plan for what's actually going to happen on that on that specific day? I think there's... By the looks of it, there's, there's all sorts of plans. I've seen some sort of buffet at some point, and, and in March, of course. Yeah, I trust you to focus on the film. <laughs> um, no, the, the situation uh, is, um, uh, just to pick through some of it for you, um, it looks like we're going to have, uh, at the present count, at least 160-odd people out there. Wow. Um, so uh, some of those, quite a lot of those are travelling on the subsidised coaches that the protest fund is, is putting up a large amount of the money for. Uh, but there's also quite a lot of independent travellers. Uh, we're very early in the process as well of, of uh, gathering names, so we're expecting that to increase. Um, there's also the possibility of a turnout from the St. Truden fans who are against the Châtelet as well to make it a, a unity in an international sense as well. Mm. Uh, that's to be de determined yet, but that's what's uh, looking like a possibility. Um, uh, and what we want to do is get out there in a, in a, a sort of peaceful but determined way uh, and um, engage with the local people uh, on a match day near the stadium. So what does that mean? Uh, firstly, we are going to get out there and uh, go to the main square in St. Truden, a place called the Grotemarkt, and um, we will there be congregating. So all of the people that have gone over on the coaches, all of the independent travellers, any St. Truden fans that are going to be joining us, will congregate there for a rally. Um, we'll make that quite visual. There'll be banners, we'll do placards, uh, we'll have some leaflets that we can hand out to people there to explain what this is all about, as we always do. There will then be a march from the, the main town square to the stadium uh, that will be good-natured but, but noisy. Uh, and then there will be a protest outside of the stadium. Um, and that will go on until the kick-off of their game. Um, we are not arranging tickets for people to get into the game. Um, there's an issue with doing that en masse with the uh, security and stewarding in the ground, uh, but we've encouraged individual travellers uh, who are going, if they want to try and get tickets, please do. But we're not coordinating that and we're not arranging any in-the-ground protest. This is all outside. Um, the um, buffet that you're referring to is, is being laid on uh, for up to 100 people in uh, a local sort of bar there. Um, I believe, don't quote me on this, that there is going to be uh, some coverage of Charlton's game at Northampton uh, while that's going on. I, I couldn't swear to that, but yeah. that's, the, that's the attempt. Um, then after the protest, we'll have the, the 2% band, if you remember um, their protest song. Uh, last year, and they yep. did a they did a, a set at the um, card gig in the summer. They're going to 
You mentioned the the subsidised coaches there. Um, I think it's going to be twenty five pound per head. How how, how would uh, fans who wanted to get involved with that uh, find themselves on those coaches? Sorry, can you say that again, Louis, please? The uh, the coaches, fans who who perhaps would like to travel on those coaches. How do they get their place on on the coaches sorted? release last week it mentioned that they, the the uh, card and, and and the Belgian 21 war chose the the, the game the, the day that coincided with our game at Northampton as they felt that the tickets were that for the Northampton game were going to sell out anyway is that is that sort of your, your feeling behind it is that you, you don't feel like you're going to be detracting from the support that the lads will get up in Northampton mentioned sort of earlier that the team are sort of on a, on a slightly better run now we've won uh, well we haven't lost in six we've got Carl Robinson who, who's been reasonably well received by the fans but um you know we, we've, we've seen this before where we've gone on these these mini good runs underneath this this regime and, and some fans have perhaps wavered from what, what they feel that their unhappiness with, with Roland Duchatelet what do you say to fans to fans who at the moment who are, who are thinking you know Carl Robinson's coming we haven't we haven't lost for a while what do you say to them and, and the reason why you're still protesting Thanks, but I don't think anyone would argue 
take you seriously that it's been a stupendous transfer window. It's not been as bad as some might have feared, would be as, as good as I would say. Um, and that doesn't make our first 11 and the squad into promotional playoff contenders. So we've done well. We all hope it carries on. But the feeling that I think many of us have in the protest movement is that the Chatelet is still keeping the purse strings pretty tightly tied. tied. And um, all the time he does that, we get an injury, we get a suspension, we're going to struggle. And that's the issue. And we've got to get a change of owner so that there is a change of approach to football in the long term and not just going piecemeal uh, month to month doing what we have to do to supplement gaps in the team with loans and so on. It needs a, it needs a more strategic approach and a, a approach and a better executed approach. And uh, I think we just got to keep the pressure on for that kind of uh, change. And um, I think the only thing that, that will change that is a change of ownership. Alan, thanks so much for joining us here on Charlton Live. Um, I hope you in, enjoy your trip out there. We'll... Um, here on Charlton Live, we'll try and cover it in some way. I don't think any of us are going to be able to go over, but I'm sure we'll be able to speak to you guys on the phone and find out how it goes out there. You, you keep ducking out of things, Lou. You'll <laughs> get yourself along one day, mate. <laughs> yeah, thanks for, thanks for speaking to us, Alan, and uh, I'll speak to you soon. Welcome back to Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. This is the big match preview. We're looking ahead to Saturday's game uh, over at AFC Wimbledon uh, later on in the show. We just heard there from Alan Davis from Card um, speaking about the, the unity protest that's going to go ahead on, uh, on the day of the Northampton game. It's going to be very interesting, really, to see how Roland reacts to what would be the biggest amount of, of, of Charlton fans who's gone over in one sitting, really, to, to Belgium and how, how, he, uh, how, how he deals with that. Because every other time that Charlton fans have gone over there, he seems to... Take it, take it to heart somewhat. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like you said before, there've been, um, I wouldn't say a pocket full of fans, but you know, there weren't many, but there were enough to get the message across. And like you said, this time there's going to be quite a, a significant amount more. So, like you say, don't know if he's going to react the same way as he has been, or um, or if he's going to try. Uh, he's learnt his lesson, so to speak, and he just won't say anything. But you know, um, obviously, I'll be at Northampton away anyway with obviously you and Tom. But yeah, um, but yeah, it'd be interesting. Like I say, it'd be interesting to see how it pans out and how everything that Alan just explained, how it all unfolds. Yeah. A day, you could say it would be a difficult decision, really, for fans who would feel conflicted about whether they want to go out mm. to, to Belgium because obviously. Yeah, fan, if, if you're that way inclined, fans want to get involved with it, but it's, it's, it is so hard. And we've seen, we have seen some fans have managed to boycott and stay away from games. And we see that with the the low attendances, some people are boycotting, some people just aren't coming. Not not an active yeah. boycott, but to, to to miss games to go out and protest is is quite a big 
uh, a big sacrifice to make. And the fact that by the sound already 160 people signed up already, and this is still just over, just under a month before it, it sounds like a lot of people are going to make that difficult decision and, and, and make the decision to go out there to Belgium. Yeah, and I think what Alan said um, was a good point. Is a lot of people who you know who want to go to the Northampton will end up going Northampton, which I think a lot. You know, I am, and obviously you are, or what, but you obviously you have to anyway, maybe for work. But a lot of fans probably would just go anyway and just go, oh, well, it's just unfortunate that I'm going to the game and I can't go to Belgium. But um, I'd, I'd, I wouldn't be surprised if, if the majority of the people going to Belgium, I could be completely wrong, it are the people that have boycotted quite a lot of the, the valley altogether. Yeah, well, yeah, it could be either, um, really, we don't know. But That's what I mean, so it'd be interesting to see. But like Alan said, you know, we've it's another way of supporting the club. It's not that they've turned their back on... Charlton or anything they're just yeah. doing it in another way so yeah. Um, but yeah it'd be interesting when is it 4th of March 4th of March, March out there yeah and uh, in, in St. Trude and obviously the the protest itself I'm sure will be, will be big and, and meaningful to the fans who go over there but I imagine it'll be a great laugh as well you yeah, imagine just go, all that Belgian beer down yeah, there not, I know not always be bad to alcohol yeah. but you know <laughs> Chocolate. Uh, yeah, in a way, in a way, that does sound like a lot of fun. I kind of wish I was uh, available to to go out and cover it, but unfortunately, uh, I'm not. Right? There's 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 not been really one big standout bit of news this week, is there? We, we've just got loads of little things that we're going to talk <laughs> yeah. about, and um, one of them that's that's on the list, which was <laughs> when I, I put out yesterday, saying, um, "Is there is there anything that anyone wants us to cover?" And the first tweet I got back, I think, it was from Lewis saying, "Tony, what's bald now?" He's done a Britney, isn't he? <laughs> not not quite to that extent, but. <laughs> Basically, he's shaved off the majority of his hair uh, in in uh, some photos where he was uh, he's gone back up to Scotland for some reason to advertise the Scottish Cup. Now I don't know maybe if this was done a while ago and maybe he had his hair cut while he's up at Hearts and now it's grown back or something. But because uh, it was interesting because he was talking about Scottish football and uh, we got some tweets as well which are going to come to in a, in a little moment's time. But Tony Watts said uh, sort of made out that he, he doesn't really want to return to Scottish football after playing for Celtic and Hearts. He's preferring a, a career in England or abroad. Uh, he said, uh, you know, he talks about what he told us after the meal game about how he came, he came back for himself, how he was struggling to deal with an injury and he needed to, to go back and be home. Uh, but he said, I don't want to be back in Scottish football, to be honest with you. I enjoyed it at Hearts, but I don't see myself in Scottish football in the next five or ten years. Mm. Uh, Celtic's obviously the club I support and I've grown up and played with them. He, Hearts is a big club and I enjoyed my time there. It's just not for me. It's the style to play everything financially. England is better. It wouldn't be worth your while coming back to Scotland when you could be playing in England. I'm not saying that in a bad way or with a strong feeling. Hearts were brilliant with me. They gave me the platform to get my career back after an injury. I just feel that English football is more suited to me or foreign football away from the UK. I don't mean to speak badly of Scottish football there's some great players here who could play in the English Championship or the Premier League it's just that I'd prefer to stay in England for a while now I don't see anything wrong with that whatsoever <laughs> no I mean if we're all honest you know no disrespect intended like Tone said in terms of the teams and the players up there because you know they're obviously they're better footballers than I am otherwise I wouldn't be sitting here Meh. but um, if you look at it you know even the, the Premiership you've, you've got a Celtic or what how many points clear and unbeaten? 27 it's, points it, or something ridiculous. Yeah, it's crazy. So, I mean, the, 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 competitive, the competitive edge goes out of the Scottish League and due to, you know, they've got to do whatever they can to try and get that back up. But I agree with him. I mean, if you're a footballer and you've got a choice between Hearts, who are a Premiership team, and, and you know, Charlton, who are League One, to say that, you know, like it's a better game of football here than it is in the in the Scottish Premier League when you're playing Rangers and Celtic, it's obviously saying something in terms of the standard of football, which we all know anyway, but um, it was interesting when he said about the foreign bit, though, because, 
I can't imagine him turning up in Spain or whatever. Do you know what I mean? So well, he played that in Belgium, in Belgium, he? but, yeah. but mm, I think I France. Think, yeah. That's what I mean. Maybe thing, that's what he wants. Yeah, the <laughs> be, I mean the best thing for Tony now in terms of his career probably is just is you know, to try try and stay settled at Charlton now and see mm. how long. I, I, I think his contract runs out at the end of this season. I right? think it does. Yeah, yeah, so it'd be interesting to see whether he whether he was ever. You know, if he's going to be renewed or whatnot, but you know the best the best thing for him well, for, for the next down, yeah. yeah for the rest of this this season is to you know try and continue sort of how he started off. Like I say, he had a he had a good game up at Bolton Wanderers. He had sort of a quiet game at home to Millwall and against Fleetwood probably quite quiet as well. But a, a case of getting you, let's say, getting your getting your in football do the talking now, and, and hopefully you'll be able to to do that for the next six months. Right, Alex Rogan's tweeted us just before the show started saying uh, February is going to be. Uh, make or break for the playoffs. Do you, do you guys think we'll sneak in come May? So I'll lay that one on your on your door, Nathan. I think we we discussed a couple of weeks ago. We need probably yeah. need two points for the uh, per game for the rest of the season on average. Now, if you're looking at yeah. well, we've done that since Christmas, really. But uh, you know, have have we got enough to do that all season? Uh, do you know what? I, I'm always an optimist in terms of sometimes silly like in a, in a silly way, but. I think we all know how many. If you win a couple of games in this league, even though it looks like we're miles away, we're not actually that far. Considering, I know we've got to win, and people above us got to lose, and that. But if you get a run four, five, six games, we can we can do anything. And I think we've played all the harder teams now. So I'm not saying we're playing easier teams, and we're going to win them all. Of course, I'm not saying that. But I think it, we've got more of a chance than a lot of other teams in and around us have. Mm. Um, do I think? I think we could. But I think, like Carl said, which probably later, I think these next, I think February will, I would say, all the way up until, so this, so Wimbledon, so is it Wimbledon, Oldham, Rochdale and Shrewsbury, I think those four games, after those, I think that will give us a, a better idea. If we, can win, if we can win three out of four, maybe, and, and yeah, stay above, I mean, stay above it, water with that, that two points per game margin, yeah, if, we, if we, we can win three and draw one out of those four. Yeah, I, I, again, you know, because you still, because I think we've got games in hand, don't we, on some of them? So. Yeah, on a couple, a couple of teams above, we've got two games, on them, some teams yeah. won, some teams none. But automatic, yeah, it's gone, but it's, it looks <laughs> like there's a lot of people fighting for like one, one place in playoffs, or maybe a push of a two. Because I think the other, like, third and fourth are, like, miles away from us, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. so... I haven't looked that far up yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still looking down. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm comfortable. I ain't yeah. even looking down, though. No, nah, I, I think it's about 11 points above yeah. the relegation zone last time I checked. Uh, right, London in it, Giza says, It's amazing how expectations have lowered to get in a playoff place. Should have been minimum requirement this season, not a goal. Uh, which is fair to say. I mean, at the start of the season, we were told uh, we heard. I think Russell said top six budget, and you know, you, you know, when you, when you've got relegated, to turn things around straight away and to turn it into a promotion change ain't easy. I mean, as as a bigger club, we should be aiming for top six minimum. Yeah, uh, it looks like now we're aiming for top six maximum. But so, and that, yeah. that that sort of talks about you know expectations. Some fans are, you know, people will forget we are we are eleventh, aren't we? We're yeah. not we're not we're not seventh. We're not. No, yeah. I mean, I mean, at the beginning of the season, I agree with him. You know the. Even though it hasn't worked out now, obviously in hindsight, when we had Novak and Jose and Ricky Holmes, three of the best, probably best five in League One last year, I was expecting top two. I were, I, you know, we have to go up. But the way the season's gone, because of all those games we drew earlier in the year, remember, we've, we've not been that bad. We've just drawn so many games. So many games when Russell was here. Oh, congratulations to him, by the way, getting in Wembley. Yeah, getting to Wembley, yeah. Yeah, but uh, I think those draws... Are Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Screwed us a little bit. and um, But I think with the cars we've been dealt now, yeah, it is a bit disappointing that we're sort of aiming for top six when we've had this budget but they're the cars we've been dealt now we've just got to deal with it but no I agree with him we sh- it is quite sad that we're all expecting top two and then like you say we're languishing 11th just sort of trying to cling on to a promotion place in what February <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah but you know I still I, I really think we can do it but then we, if we lose on Saturday then it'll be like nah, nah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another tweet from, from London in the says Killer was the meanest uh, mofo to ever lace boots for Charlton one look and opposing players feel their pants, the all-time legend. Uh, that's Derek Hales, <laughs> who's going to be, as we know, on the on the uh, upbeats march uh, before the game against Southend. If you want to, if you want to beat, if you want to, if you want to beat, <laughs> if you want to try. Now, if you want to meet uh, Killer and of course Mike Flanagan and a few other Charlton legends, make sure you sign up for that upbeats march. Uh, head over to cact.org.uk to, to sign up to that march. Right, uh, some other stuff that the club done in the community today. Got some audio sent over from the club because Jake Forster Kasky and Nathan Byrne went over to one of the local schools. Uh, a Discovery Primary School in uh, in Tensmead. This was on Tuesday, actually. Uh, they said they answered questions from pupils about their use of social media and how they deal with any positive and negative tweets that they receive. Uh, Jake, <laughs> apparently, Jake actually, uh, Jake Forster Kasky actually came off Twitter uh, as a result of some of the abuse he used to get while he was at uh, Brighton. So we got some uh, audio to find out. Uh, George Jones went over with them. Uh, he starts off all, uh, interviewing Jake Forster Kasky about how the day went. Then it ends up with Jake Forster Kasky uh, asking Nathan Byrne how he felt the day went, uh, and it gets a bit more sarcastic then but it's interesting this is Jake Forster Kasky and Nathan Byrne uh, having been to the Discovery uh, Primary School on Tuesday Jake down at a local school today I mean it really shows the, the community side of the club doesn't it yeah I mean uh, as players obviously it's great to give back and um, you know to come in here and, and uh, teach these guys the importance of um, safety on the, uh, the internet and things like that is great Football clubs play such a big part in the local community, don't they? And this just sort of shows that. Yeah, I mean, I haven't been here that long and uh, already I've noticed how much Charlton do for the local community. So, uh, you know, like I said before, it's brilliant to give back and hopefully, uh, you know, we've taught the kids one one or two things. So how important do you think uh, today has been for the kids? I think it's brilliant, um, you know, to give back to the local schools around Charlton and um, hopefully they learn something from it. Uh, what was the best question and you know your best answer to that? Um, I think uh, the girl that asked, uh, do you get uh, positive um, interactions on social media? Um, obviously, sometimes when, when you're playing well, then obviously you do, but um, when the team's not doing great or you're not playing great, then you obviously know that you're going to get some negative stuff. Yeah, it's easier when you get uh, the ball put on the plate for you, isn't it? Yeah, well, you know. People, people serve me and I, I finish my dinner and that's how it works. <laughs> Cheers, Nathan. Thank you.
Swung into the into the box. It's a flick on from beginning. Yeah! Oh, shot of grabbed the equaliser. I think it could have been Bauer on the line, but McGuinness's initial header. And quite how we've done it, I've no idea, but Charlton are back on level terms. From the home of time, time, this is Maritime Radio. Greenwich. That's very weird. Charlton Live. So we heard Jake Forster, Caskey and Nathan Burns speaking after they, they went and spoke to the Discovery uh, Primary School pupils in Thamesmead about cyberbullying. Since then, on cyberbullying, I was looking at Nathan Burns' Twitter earlier. He's been cyberbullying Lewis Page since then, taking the, the mickey out of his baggy raincoat, hasn't he? Yeah, I tweeted him back. He's got the gaffer's jacket on him. <laughs> yeah. The size of it. Yes, yeah, but that's uh, yeah, good stuff that the uh, the club have done out there in the community. Right, another bit of cyberbullying that's been going on this week uh, is uh, is brought about, and it's entirely his own fault. Terry Smith, our very own Terry Smith. Right, we all we all lo- we all know and love Terry here on Charlton Live. He's a club commentator, well respected in the game of football, uh, well respected around the club, of course. Um, starting to lose it a bit, unfortunately. Um, now. We were. I, I sort of did half notice this at the time, but then the conversation went on, so I didn't get a chance to pick it out. But then um, Tom noticed it when he was listening back to the show, uh, Sunday show, and uh, and pointed it out again. So I thought, right, let, let's, uh, let, let, let's 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 make something of this. Now, now listen very closely to this is Sunday show. We're talking about when a skipper Johnny Jackson came on at left back. Uh, this is how Terry refers to Johnny Jackson these days. Bring on to Shera. Uh, Novak coming on was obvious. Um, Janet Jackson coming on didn't surprise me. Putting him left back did. Mm. Janet Jackson coming on didn't surprise me. Janet Jackson coming on. Janet Jackson. Janet Jackson. Janet Jackson. Charlton Live. Yeah, what's all that about? Janet Jackson now playing left back for the addicts. I mean, I mean, even Richard Cawley hadn't seen that transfer coming. <laughs> I'm just imagining Janet just running down a wing, mate. With pace. Yeah. Whipping a ball in. Yeah, or, or actually Janet doing the Super Jackson. Bowl whipping and something else out. Oh, mate. Yeah, that was... Uh, that was that... It was hilarious when I saw it. Oh. Yeah, that was, uh, that was pretty funny. Right, um, earlier on today, now this is a story that's sort of only just broken before we come onto the show, really, but I thought we'd, we'd try and discuss it as it is, because it's, it, it doesn't affect Charlton directly, but it affects uh, football as a whole. Now, the, the M, uh, MPs have uh, decided to uh, pass a motion of no confidence in the Football Association. Uh, and so it's, it's, it's largely symbolic, but the MPs have warned that legis- uh, legislation will be brought in if changes are not made. Um, and uh, Sports Minister Tracy Crouch has said that the FA could lose up to 30 or £40 million pounds of public funding if it does not modernise. Now, I mean, obviously, you know, when, when, when fans look at teams that are in trouble in, in terms of, you know, is it the the jurisdiction of the Football League or is it the jurisdiction of the FA? Uh, then you look at things like the England football team that aren't doing very well. Mm. Um, <laughs> absolute shambles, if we're being honest. If you look at the, the lack of diversity in, in the upper echelons of the, of the English football game, uh, grassroots funding, all these sort of things that, that, are, that are brought up. And, and it's, it's quite an interesting, it's quite a big step, really, that the you know, Parliament have decided to, to, to pass this, this motion of no confidence. And mm. I guess it's a real shake-up and a, a, real, a real word to the FA that they need to get their house in order. Yeah, it's a big shake-up, um, obviously from from the government, obviously to like I said, so the FA would try and reform and try and get the 
Um, I've been saying it for ages. I don't think we should have the business. I think you should have an element of business people within there, but I think you should have a lot more ex-players that are involved, um, more ambassadorial sort of roles um, in the FA than there than the currently is. Because, I mean, if we're all honest about it, the people that have played the game and the people that know the game are going to be the, the beneficiaries of making this sport... You know, and the longevity of it, amazing. I don't think if someone's been a, a CEO as clever and as successful he might be for a retail firm or whatever. I mean, there was one point there was that guy who came from the Royal Mail or something, wasn't it? Adam Crozier or something like that, or mm. some random. I mean, what does he? Yeah, business wise, he knows, but he doesn't know football. He might like a football team, so I think it's a good thing. Um, but you know, they're going to withhold forty million. Is that really going to dent them that much with the other bit of money that's coming into the game? I don't. Mm. I don't really know the finances of it in detail, but is it going to be a mass dust? I think the key for me is if they turn around tomorrow or next year and say, right, you're not getting your forty million. Are the FA going to be in disarray, and will that feed down to us a lot of the grassroots and stuff? Would it mm. make it worse for us? So I think it needs someone to look into it in detail and say if they did pull that funding, what would that mean for every single club? Mm. And then I think they'd probably get a bit more weight behind it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I mean, it's good that they've said it. Um, but I mean, that is the FA. So then I mean, it depends if they're going to do, do they do it for the Football League and all that, well, or was, Premier League, and their own. Trying to see because there's some interesting quotes here from the Football Supporters Federation chairman Malcolm Clark on the BBC Sport website. So we're very pleased to see so many MPs back our proposals for a minimum of five fan representatives on the FA Council, yeah. representat- uh, representation on the FA board, and increased diversity. Now, of course, fan representation is something particularly probably close to Charlton fans' hearts at the moment because a lot of fans feel feel like they're not getting their message across. At certain levels of the game whether it be within the club outside the club uh, Malcolm Clark went on to say supporters are integral to the health of our national sport yet still shockingly underrepresented in the FA hierarchy the FA council is only one supporter representative uh, <laughs> sorry I can't speak today uh, yet uh, yet the armed forces and Oxbridge have five it's also important to acknowledge that the FA council have stood up to uh, rampant commercialization, commercialism within the game and protected fans' interests, such as when the FA Council stopped the whole Tigers' name change. I mean, some of the MPs said um, things like, Tracy Crouch said, the FA's current model does not, in my opinion, and clearly that of other colleagues, stand up to scrutiny. Reform is therefore required. Judith Cummings said, uh, the uh, Labour uh, MP for Bradford South said, at best they're dragging their feet, at worst they're willfully failing to act. I mean, these, these sort of things... Um, yeah, it shows. It shows that these things are being sort of held to account. And like I said, it's sort of a pot kettle black situation with MPs saying off the FA. They could probably do it backwards <laughs> to them, but as well. But you know, I, I do like the idea of more fans being involved with the way that our, our sport is run. Yeah, no, you're always going to need some need people to be held to account. Otherwise, you're going to have people at the FA have a free reign. Um, and if they had that anyway, God knows where we'd be. But um, yeah, no, I think it's good, and I think it, like I said it's a good that. Yeah, it's a, like you said, it's a bit maybe could be a bit richer as the MPs doing it but mm. someone's got to say it and they're the ones who can crack the whip at the moment so well, I'm all for it I don't think it's a case of just doing it for the sake of it I think they're only doing it to try and bring things make make football better in, in terms of the experience and you know more in the community so we're all sort of involved in it because I think we're slowly but surely leading down a path of it all being big business and being unaffordable mm. for a lot of people. I mean, which... we, we went to the, the West Ham game the other day yeah. and, and that was um, a bit of an eye-opener for me, just mm. how commercialised, especially the top end of football is these days. Yeah. Like, it, was, it was just, it was a strange, it, it just felt so different to, to a Charlton game and, that, mm. and you know, with a lot of clubs 
changing stadiums and you think more and more clubs are going to, stadiums are going to be like this it's going to be so expensive to go that sort of thing it's, it's, it's quite it's quite an eye opener really wasn't it yeah it, it was I mean even though um, you know like you know West Ham lovely stadium you know it was, we saw some fantastic players David Silva and then <laughs> um, you know it was a great day uh, great night rather we did plenty of burgers yeah yeah, well, I did eat burgers, yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the, you know, the difference is, is even though there must have been about what? How many people drew it? Thirty or forty thousand, maybe. Well, the stadium. There must yeah. be, oh, I don't know. It's probably near a fifty something thousand. Fifty thousand, right? Yeah. And I can honestly say the game against where was it really low, like Shrewsbury at home or something like that. It felt more of a football match and a football atmosphere at that Cholton game, even though there was probably really what six thousand fans than it did at that West Ham game because you could just feel it felt like. Um, like we said at half time, we was having a war. We uh, we just <laughs> we just it just didn't feel like a football match. It just felt like a like a like a, a commercial sort of tourist attraction. It didn't feel like a football game, and that and I think that's what slowly but surely is going to happen with every single club. Which I don't want it to be. It's going to be like a franchise, like an American sort of NFL thing, mm. um, and that's what I don't want to happen. And if that means the FA have got to come in and go, listen, mate. On you, out the door, in comes you, and then a bit of fresh idea. It might just need a bit of fresh impetus, you know. Yeah, yeah. We'll, see. we'll see. Well, we'll see how what, what comes out of the uh, uh, no no uh, confidence really in the in the uh, in the FA. Right, we've got an email in from Dan Walter. Emailed us earlier. Said hi, Louis and team. I'm a Charlton fan living in Northampton. My son, who is seven, defying odds, has also become a very keen supporter, even in the sad state of the club at the moment. He even convinced his uncle, a cobbler season ticket holder, to come into the family zone before the game at the Valley fixture at the start of the season. We try to come to as many games as possible, both at the Valley and away, and obviously. Uh, the Cobblers fixture has been one that he and I have been looking forward to all season. Checking the news today that the tickets are on restricted sale to season ticket holders only and we'll have to wait at least another week for tickets is such a shame and I will hate it if we end up having to sit in the home end uh, to see the game. Uh, he said the podcast is great and keep up the good work. Well, uh, hopefully, thanks for that, uh, Dan. Hopefully you'll be able to get I, I think. I think they say there's a general sale will be sort of next week. I'm, I'm, I reckon a few hundred will probably go to general, hopefully, but we'll see. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, so it's, I know it's going to Valley Goal first, mm. um, but I don't many. I don't know how many tickets you get for Valley Goal. Is yeah, it? it's, it's only two, I think. Something. So, so oh, hopefully, yeah. Dan, that you'll be able to. I'm sure that'll be a, a special game for you and your family. What being local up to, to Northampton and such. Right, uh, time to look ahead now. Saturday's game over at AFC Wimbledon. Tickets even harder to come by for this game over oh, at geez. Kings Meadow. Yeah. This uh, went, I think these went quicker than a mere wall game. I, think. I swear <laughs> they did. I didn't even realise. I remember they went on sale, and then yeah. you and Tom were like, "What's that guy? No, they're gone." It's like you're having a laugh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, they've sold out. I think there's still tickets going for the beanbag at the Valley. Last I heard. Mm. Uh, so if you still want to be able to watch the game, but be having, I think they're about eight quid to come to the beanbag and, and watch it here at Crossbars. Oh. Uh, but either way, it's uh, time to look ahead to that game. Carl Robinson, of course, spoke to Tony Hart from BBC Radio Kent. He was talking to Chopper Manager Carl Robinson ahead of this Saturday's game at AFC Wimbledon. Talking to Charlton manager Carl Robinson ahead of Saturday's derby away to AFC Wimbledon. Carl, Saturday's match sees Charlton kick off a stamina-sapping five-week spell of Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday matches. Charlton are unbeaten in six, but do you have the strength in depth to cope with that kind of heavy schedule? Strength in mind, yes. Um, speaking to my dad coming in this morning and he said, uh, I was saying, oh, dad, I've got loads of games. He told me to shut up. He said, come and do a day's work with him. <laughs> Um, so it, it, it is what it is we're all in the same boat this is going to be tired and I'll have to say to you all that we're fatigued and we're tired but if I do that it, it, it's because we will be but 
but I don't want to use that as an excuse. We have a wonderful team here. We have a real good group of players, and we're really excited about the challenge. And um, players say that they don't like training anyway, so that's not moment. We have a lot of games. It's uh, it's something to embrace, and what it does do, it separates the boys from the men, and it uh, it can turn your season around. There's no time like this in any football league season because maybe like Christmas and period we have a lot of games in a short period of time. You can be completely out of it and then completely in it, or completely in it and completely out of it. And it's how we approach these next few games. It'll be, be very key and vital for our campaign this season. Charles, six points outside the playoff zone with a game in hand. What's it going to take to break into those playoff places? The right mentality, the right dedication, application, and desire, and a group of players that want to be here and want to wear our shirt. Um, because if they don't, they can, they can go. That's... It's, uh, it's quite simplistic really we're looking forward to playing a number of games but the players have to take responsibility for these games as well they, they, they've got to embrace them and we're a big club so our sports science will be tested our medical team will be tested um, we'll be tested as a group of staff um, and the big one is obviously being up in Manchester on Tuesday and then the following Saturday. It's the travelling more than the games and the, and the recovery. But, come on, it's it's now or never really, isn't it? And that's what it's got to be, the same intensity, the same desire, every single game that we play from now to the end of the season. Suspensions are not helping Charlton's calls at this critical time. And you're going to be without Nathan Byrne and Lewis Page on Saturday. Yeah, some of the decisions by the referee haven't been great. A few players should have been sent off against me. I seen a tackle on Saturday that was worse than Nathan Burns. Didn't even get a booking. I, I don't get some of them, but some of the decisions have been against my players. Um, if people don't want us to go up because we're big and we're a big draw in League One, some people might want to keep us here. Um, we have to be stronger than that. And, uh, and the one beauty about being at a big club is that if one player misses out, another talented player steps in. And that's got to be the case. OK, listen, the more I watch Nathan Burns back, he's turned his back to protect himself and the lad sort of pulled out of the challenge, really. It makes it look worse than what it was. Um, but it was... It was borderline. I don't think I can argue too much with it. But I think there's been a few challenges on my players which have been horrendous. And they don't seem to get punished. It's almost like people have got a point to prove when they come to the Valley that they're not going to bow down to our crowd. Um, and, and maybe some referees need to be stronger when they come to the Valley and give us what we deserve. Uh, but going into the next few games, we've got to be looking after ourselves and the fans. And we're the only thing that matters. It's the fans who wear this shirt and the players that fans who wear it and travel to supporters and the players who wear it and the players that die to when they play on that football pitch for us. And Nobody else can get involved in anything else because obviously no one's not going to get any help. So the suspensions are going to step us back a little bit, but it gives somebody else the opportunity to play. What you're saying is you're not getting a fair crack at the whip from referees? I don't think we are. I think everyone's seen, the fans have certainly seen over the last few weeks that there's been a number of opportunities that we could have got free kicks, people booked. Uh, certainly now we've got some of the most talented young players around. The Joel Rebo and as you consider getting some of the worst treatments I've seen. Elbow, kicked, stamped on. Everything. It happened to Addy. He got no protection. No protection. 
um, the Ricky Holmes of this world, no protection. We all want to see football played in the right way, but sometimes there's only one way of dealing with them, and that's by stopping them in, the, in, a, in a legal way in some ways. And, that, and we have to make sure that that gets protected from, for the players, otherwise we're going to get a load of injuries, which we have been getting injuries because of some of the challenges. Um, but tackle on Jake with his knee was, was terrible on Saturday. Uh, there's a number of things that have gone on that I'm not too happy with, but and everyone's seen that. The fans see it. You, you, the last few referees have walked up the valley. I think they certainly know how bad they've been. Um, and it's not that you get in trouble. It's part and parcel of the industry getting in trouble by what you say. It's amazing how we can be judged by you as the media. We can be judged by the fans. We can be judged by our players. Yet referees can't be judged and spoke about by managers or anybody. There's a self-protection mode. I still believe that should, them referees should come out and answer questions to the media. And why? And who? Because at the end of the day, they want to be a massive entity within the game, a, a fragment of the game. They, they need to do the other side of it as well. Because I, I should then, with you, not have to speak about them. They can talk about their own actions. And, uh, and that would be interesting. Because I think what we'll all have as a fan, remember this is a fan, we'll have clarity in the decision. And they make a mistake and they go, I got that one wrong. Brilliant. That's honesty, transparency, it's moving forward. And they'll learn from that. So, it's like if I pick a bad team and I come and say to you, I got it wrong. I got the team wrong. My fault, don't blame the players. Well, I'll learn from that. And I think people respect the honesty and the transparency. Um, so, I, I hope my players get a little bit more protection from now on. And uh, they're going to need it. Because I'm telling you now, I'm, I'm not going to stop moaning. I'm not going to stop asking questions because all I care about is my club nobody else's club and if they've got a problem with that tough because we've got to start looking after ourselves now and hopefully as the weeks go by the performances will increase and our, our intensity will the players have been in great spirits around the building and we know we're not going to get no help from anybody else the only help we're going to get and the only help that we want is the support that we get week in week out I know that we're to sell out at the weekend um, and I know it's going to be being back to the valley which is which is great, it's different, um, and hopefully we can put a performance in for everybody. I think it's worth pointing out that journalists have long wanted to ask yeah. referees about certain decisions, but referees are not allowed to speak afterwards. Well, uh, why should I have to speak to you then? Why should I have to speak to you? Because I'm contractually binded to speaking to the media. Um, the club will get a fine because the football league is a football league requirement, it's an FA requirement. But the referees don't have to do it. Because they need to be protected. Come on. They're grown men. If they can't act the pressure, don't do it. If I can't come to you and, and take the criticism from you as the media, I shouldn't be in this job either. So, for me, it's something that I think is a necessity. I'm not saying it should be a free-for-all. I'm saying it should be four questions that are policed properly and about key match incidents. Not the emotion, just why, when and how. Uh, and we'll have more transparency and we'll soon see who the, who the good ones are maybe it's asking a question maybe it's putting more of a challenge on them but if I refuse to speak to you who am I letting down? the fans the people who allow our game to be the greatest game in the world in our country so I think the referees need to take more responsibility and they should come out and speak to the media I have to speak live to Facebook is it Facebook I'm on? is that what it is? and I get myself in so much trouble, but they need to take responsibility for some of their decisions. And it'd be great, wouldn't it be great if a fan could tweet in a real good question to our media team, and the media team asked the referee the question, 
and the fans get the answers immediately. Or that they need 30, 40 minutes to think about why they've done it. Because that's what they need with us at the moment, because we've got decisions that we're certainly not getting. I could be getting fined for this again. My missus is going to kill me. <laughs> what, does she pay the fine? <laughs> she will be, yeah. <laughs> getting back to Charlton's injury uh, problems, is Josh McGuinness available to you on Saturday? Yes. Um, he's training for, for the first time today. Um, and we'll see where he's at. And then uh, hopefully he'll be available. I'm not too sure whether he can start or not yet. Um, he's had no contact, was it three and a half weeks? So we'll have to wait and see how he responds to full training today and tomorrow. And is anyone else available to you that wasn't available last weekend? No. I think uh, uh, Jordan Bataka hasn't got jet lag. <laughs> So there you go, there's Carl Robinson talking to Tony Huff from BBC Radio. Ken, a um, lot of stuff about referees in there. I mentioned, I mentioned the other day how he speaks a lot about referees. And I just had an email, in fact, in from, from Sam Stalkers. He said, hi, guys, it's going, to be an exciting, uh, it's going to be an exciting couple of months at Charlton if we can keep up with the top six. I'm always optimistic and I won't believe we can't do it until the season ends. I mentioned the other day, the other week, about Robinson talking too much. And in his last few appearances in front of the camera, he keeps mentioning how the officials are against us and it's starting to move into whining and it's unnecessary necessarily negative and it's what I don't like uh, what I didn't like about him at Milton Keynes however if we, if we go up he can moan as much as he wants hoping for a win on Saturday and I reckon it will be great show as always that's from Sam Stalkers thanks for that Sam um, so yeah Carl Robinson obviously not happy with the refs still still, still talking about that I mean do, do you see that as sort of a tactic I mean some people yeah. suggest it's like <laughs> a, a way to, to create a them against us mentality at the club that some people might yeah, yeah. That, that players within the club might thrive in yeah, I think it is a lot. Of, a lot of managers do it. You see, you see Mourinho do it in a big game before big games. He'll say, "We haven't had this, we haven't had that," and it will get in the referee's head. Um, personally, I don't. I think it will probably work against you sometimes. And I just think, you know what? Yeah, you know, people have been getting kicked, and um, you know, maybe some of our players do need a little bit more protection. But you know, mm. you're going to get tackles in a game, mm. um, and you just got it's part and parcel of it. And I just think if you can't. You know, I just not do it back, but you know what I mean. Just, just get on with it, and then the best way of beating it is going scoring and beat and getting the three points. But yeah, yeah I, I do find it quite irritating as well. Yeah. I must Seb, admit. Seb Lewis has tweeted in saying referees seem untouchable. I mean, that was an interesting suggestion from Carl there saying he's got a point though. The, the fan, point. fans should be able to. Well, obviously, I'm not the fan bit. I yeah, mean, I mean, the, so the, the idea of men. referees. I think yeah. they used to do it back in the day. I remember seeing referees being interviewed, but they, I'm sure there's a, a law against it now, a rule against it. But you know, Carl's idea of fans tweeting. I mean, some of the tweets we get into this show and people generally. You know, aren't aren't too furious with us. The, the, the tweets you'd get into a referee, they'd have to invent some sort of like uh, some sort of uh, censorship on yeah. Twitter just to just to get past all the swearing and the death threats you'd get. <laughs> but I mean, I it, the concept sounds great. I mean, I would do it. Um, I'd do it for everyone apart from Keith Stroud because we'd be here all night. But the thing is, with with every every ref, if you just like if they could just come out, but then. The problem is, is where do you draw the line? Mm. What's a key decision? Is it a is it a handball or is it an Red offside? Card, or fear, is it yeah, exactly. Card? Yeah. Is it just yeah, or is it just they have to come out and explain if they didn't give someone a card? So if someone yeah. bit someone and they didn't book them or whatever, why didn't they do it? That's that that would take some explaining. That would. <laughs> <laughs> why didn't one? Is it 
that's that's what I mean. So it's hard to think yeah. about it now how you can police it. Yeah, like, but even so then, like the, the the referees have to say they there was some sort of incident like that and they didn't see it. Then it would have to go to the the disciplinary panels to work out a punishment. So the referee mm-hmm. couldn't come out watch a video and go ooh because it would have to go through the correct procedures. Lewis Wheeler says the ref against Fleetwood was awful. Uh, Millwall we had a fine goal disallowed. Why couldn't why wouldn't KR moan about the ref? I mean the other thing is once once it's done it's done. There's not much more you can do about it after. The, yeah. You can't really keep going on it. I guess is, is the suggestion right? Anyway, we need to look ahead to Wimbledon in the next couple of minutes, the last couple of minutes of tonight's Charlton Live. Um, uh, or Lewis did just add, they, they have been shambolic and then the same routine goes on and on and on with referees being awful every week. Right, Wimbledon, their form, I don't know, last time out lost 4-0 at Sheffield United, their form was a bit shaky now. And in their last five or six games, they've only really had... Or oh, longer than that. Last one, two, three, oh, last eight, eight or so games have had one win against uh, Oxford United. Uh, other than that, they lost at home to Sutton in the FA Cup. Um, drew with Millwall, uh, lost at Bristol Rovers, lost quite heavily at Southend. Before that, like I say, a four-nil win against Port Vale. Uh, Kings Meadow back in mid-December their, their form's slightly shaky I mean, we remember they, they had a difficult start to life in League 1 then they started <laughs> to push up the league and got towards sort of the, the playoff zone when they when they beat us here at the Valley remember now they, they've drifted back down to, to 15th so they're, they're, you know I was going to say they're out of contention they're only three points behind us and if we're still in contention then you could argue that they'd be in contention if they beat us on, on Saturday but you know for, for a, a team that's come from, from nowhere in non-league uh, I guess they'd probably be reasonably proud of the first season they've had in League 1 yeah, no, I mean, like you said, they started pretty well and um, they started pretty, they were quite solid from what I remember and then obviously the recent weeks and they've started conceding because they beat Berry twice, didn't they? 5-0 or 5-1. Yeah, Cup and League. I yeah, mean, so they've done that and ever since then they've started leaking goals. Um, and of course we've got so. Josh McGuinness back on Saturday and that, yeah, that could sound a bit... Start, yeah, yeah, but, well, that's the question I was going to say, do you think he'll start? Because I remember uh, when, when Bauer started... Tr- uh, his first training on a Thursday mm. I didn't think he'd start but he did start the next game yeah. so the question is now whether he's going to stick with Tony Watt who away from home had played pretty well at Bolton or is he going to bring in Josh McGuinness yeah it's hard because I mean obviously I think if if, you, if, you're play, if your best players are fit then you start them but we've got to remember we've got a hell of the next five weeks a hell of a busy schedule so yeah. personally I would save Josh for possibly next Saturday against Rochdale Hey, cool, uh, right, uh, it's time for predictions, we are running out of time, Tom who couldn't be here this week uh, has sent in his predictions, <laughs> going to be 3-1 to Charlton, uh, over Star Patrick, which would be impressive, if, oh, he's, surprise, yeah, surprise. if he's probably not going to play, uh, Nathan your one? I'm going 2-1 Charlton, 2-1 Charlton, excellent stuff, I, I, I fancy us this week as well for some reason, I reckon that's, we, that's well rare, yeah, I, I think all we, three of us predict yeah, we win, I think we're going to win by two goals soon, right, this has been Charlton Live, the big match preview, we'll be back on Sunday, I won't be back myself, but Terry will be hosting uh, him and Janet Jackson are doing a duo, uh, hosting Sunday evening show. Nathan, thanks for joining us here on the Big Match Preview. No worries. Goodbye, everybody. Yeah, I've been Louis Mendes. This has been Charlton Live and the Big Match Preview. Let's hope we can get those three points over at King's Medal on Saturday, and Terry will tell you about it on Sunday. See you then. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.